I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So welcome back to Renovation Made Right. We are here for another exciting episode for you. My name is Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And today we have our guest, Greg Kyer from Floor Me in Nashville, New Hampshire, who's an expert on all things floor. And we're very excited to have him again today. Welcome, Greg. Welcome. Thanks for having me back, guys. All right. Yeah, so... So today's topic we want to focus on um, is tile. The, the, the world of tile is just, um, I think so many of our projects are in one way or another incorporating tile, whether it's a backsplash only or whether it's a full bath with a custom shower or um, and tile can, can, can add so much, but I also know uh, it can be really confusing and really overwhelming. So, so help us, you know, help our listeners uh, get through the process of thinking about um, incorporating tile into their projects, and how do you work with folks when they come in to floor me and and help guide them to to make the tile world maybe a little less intimidating? I don't know if that's the right word. It is. Okay. It yes, is intimidating. I, yeah, it it really is for a lot of customers more so than anything else in the store. There are so many choices of tile. People's heads are just kind of spinning when they come into the store. I would say compared to carpet, tile, hardwood, and vinyl products. It's probably um, the most challenging for customers, but I find it one of the most rewarding ones because it's really where you get um, get to be a little bit more creative with uh, picking tiles and patterns and you know some brief education um, for customers. And it's very similar to other products, just finding out um, how long they plan on staying in their home, what's the use of the area, finding out what their budget is. Um, and then helping them pick tile, going back to what they all customers understand, regardless of what product they're looking for, and that's color. And similar to hardwood, where I may go from color to species, board width, and application, on the tile side, I'll do the same thing. I'll talk about color. I'll talk about um, texture, meaning if it's um, not how it feels, but if it looks like it has a coarse texture or a really simple-looking tile, pattern in the application and going through those steps it's usually fairly simple to help customers pick out tile good so i i know that in floor me you have a, a really big selection there's a ton of stuff in it and you know i wonder why or wonder how like I, I see large tile formats there's some massive tiles and then there's tiny little mosaic tiles and, and you know that like what kind of how much does practicality come into the conversation about what the right tile is? If a client's coming to you and saying, I like to tile my floor, uh, what kind of things are, are deal breakers in terms of making selections that work for their space? Yeah, so you really have to, you know, first of all, you really have to have an enormous selection of tile. If you're in the tile business, you need to show product. 
you know, it's like similar to it's like if you want to buy shoes, are you going to the Walmart shoe department or are you going to Alex Shoes down here where they have an enormous showroom? You can find anything you want. You're getting educated. Um, so, you know, finding and picking a tile for a customer, uh, for the most part, customers know what they like to see as far as, you know, a color of a tile. So it's asking those, those, those pretty simple questions and giving some design tips. And I think that's what a lot of customers are lacking of what looks good together. So and what that's would you, really our strength here. So what would you recommend? Say, in a, design is, has a lot to do with it, but say you have somebody who is looking for a really traditional look versus a really contemporary look. What, what direction would you um, steer them in? I usually start with the size of the tile. And, you know, being New Englanders, we're all so conservative. And that's kind of good in a way because a lot of these trends that start around the country are the last that kind of worked in New England. But a lot of folks will come in to do their bathroom over and they're looking for a 12 by 12 tile or smaller tile. It's, it's really starting with the size of the tile and the format of how that can change their space. And until you actually explain that and show that, and, um, you know, it's really exciting to see the customers have an aha moment where they wanted a 12 by 12 tile. Now they're thinking about putting an 18-inch tile. And then, then kind of working off of that, if they want something more traditional or more contemporary, I found that the trends with tile are getting away from that very busy look that might look like travertine or natural stone, getting to be less busy, more, more of that European look, that are a little bit cleaner but have a little bit more movement tone, that have less movement tone. So one of the like so Brenda and I have defined our relationship on this show before, and you know I am very much about the function of things, and Brenda is much more about the form. So I think about the logistics and the the details around how we make a product work, right? And you actually taught me something recently uh, while we were doing uh, some showroom fit up, and I know in our construction company we routinely run into challenges because today larger format tiles have become more popular. So it's not uncommon for clients to be putting in a tile that's, you know, one foot by two foot or six inches by 36 inches or 48 inches, right? And, you know, there's no, there's no perfect floor in the world. Every floor has got some level of of variation to it uh, and, and causes challenges on the installation side. Uh, And so uh, the bigger the tile, the more uh, more challenges in the installation, and frankly, it's been my experience, the more it costs to install it. Um, but you taught me sort of a little workaround, like where when you lay large tiles, you don't. Some of the way in which you lay the large tile can make it less difficult to try to have all those tiles come out across the same plane, even when the floor is not perfect, right? That is true. So when I specify a job, and what I coach customers on doing is to. Uh, first of all, is to make sure that your floor joists are adequate, that they can hold a tile. That's more critical in a large, large kitchen versus a smaller bathroom. In a large kitchen, we might may have you know two by ten joists, which are not really ten inches. Big space. You have a lot of flex in the floor. Eventually, that would lead to the floor failing. I would make sure they had adequate um, plywood down for the substrate, which would be three quarter inch. Um, and then check how level the floor is. And if the floor's not level, if there's a little bit of crowning or the floor dips, we can do some floor prep to self-level that floor, then put our detrimat, which is this corrugated plastic underlayment that we use for tile subfloor, 
put that over. So if you're checking these boxes as you go, there's no reason why, in most cases, that you can't do in a large format tile. Okay. All right. So a lot of it, a lot of it comes back to uh, to prep work and knowledgeable installation. It is, and and you know, once you educate customers on what this large format tile will do to their space, the changes can be so dramatic. Years and years ago, I did a job in the next town over. This customer's bathroom was four feet wide by um, ten feet long. I put a twenty-four inch tile on the floor, and people would think you're crazy, but the bathroom looked like a spa. You know, minimal, minimal grout joints. You walk, it just made the, it just changed the whole look of the bathroom. I did that in my bathroom too, very small bathroom. I did a 24 inch tile on the floor and the walls, and it just expands the, really expands the whole area. So I know that at FloorMe, you guys do a fair amount of cash and carry business, meaning that clients just come in to buy boxes of tile and we order them up and when they come in they come and get those and so I think a certain percentage of those are probably do-it-yourselfers and a certain percentage of those might be picking up tile for their contractor or installer to install but there's probably some breaking points for consumers between when it's okay when it's smart to be a DIY installation and when uh, people really should leave it to professionals where would you kind of help clients think about um, when it's good to, to to you know go ahead and take a swing at doing it yourself, or when you really should not be monkeying with uh, uh, with the installation yourself. Yeah, so I give um, I always quiz customers. Even if a customer comes into the store and says, "I have a contractor," you know, he's he's going to install this for me, and and I'll always quiz them. What's the method of his you know leveling the floor? What type of subfloor is he using? What's his installation method for you know putting the thin set down? And, you know, these customers will, will, will take some notes. And, and I do this to educate them to make, you know, just so they know that we really care about what's going on. But at the same time, I tell them that, you know, I'm not looking to throw your contractor under the bus. I don't know this guy. But if you're interested, we install everything we sell. And there are some of those customers that, that actually come around that said, you know what, we'd feel more comfortable with you guys installing it. Well, it does make sense to, you know, put it all in one basket in that sense. You know, if there's a failure of the tile, it's very easy if you didn't install it to be able to say, yeah, it was the installer's fault. There's nothing wrong with the tile. So it actually yeah. helps protect consumers. It does. It really does. And what you're finding with a lot of contractors, like handyman-type contractors, they might be changing out a window one day, doing some painting, and, oh, I install tile as well. I had a customer like that years ago, and I said, you know, make sure that your guy back butters his tile. And back buttering a tile, you're spreading your thin set on your subfloor. You flip the tile over. You put thin set on the back. You, you, you scrape it all around, and you take the flat side of your trowel, and you scrape it all off. So what that does is when you flip that tile over, put it into the thin set that's on your subfloor, you get that instant transfer of setting material. That's one of the biggest failure rates in tile is poor transfer. I had a customer that I told him those exact words. His contractor installed the tile, didn't back butter it. The tile failed because it was, there was poor transfer. Now he's chasing the contractor around. He's taken him to court, and it was really sound, simple advice that I gave him. Then he wanted me to come back and correct the problem, which I, which I really couldn't do at that time. Right, because you'd have to just rip the floor out and, and start over, right? Yeah, it's a one-time one shot. You, you need to do it with all flooring. It really needs to be installed right the first time. Right. So, so in the context of tile, uh, I know one of the things that you know uh, people 
visualize and, and sometimes you, you use the word spa when you were talking about a bath project you did recently. Um, another one of the things that people see, I think, is uh, in the sort of the spa scenario in your bathroom is beautiful showers, right? And beautiful showers usually usually relate to custom tile. So talk a little bit with us about what people should be thinking about when they're considering a custom a custom shower. Okay, that's that's a question that I get, you know, a lot from customers, and there are a lot of customers that come into the store that have a good idea of what they want, and that that's great for me because it gives me some direction, but a lot of times customers will take it too far, whether they watch, you know, HDTV all the time, and <laughs> I like this, I want a little bit of that. You You really have to tone down a bathroom renovation on the design side by not introducing too many different things into the bathroom. A customer may come in and say, I want this for my floor tile, this for my wall tile, and you know, my vanity top will be this, and hey, I want this deco strip, you know, put it in the shower. Uh, I try and use the same material, use it over and over again, but change the size, change the format of the pattern by creating consistency within the bathroom. And there's nothing wrong with installing one floor tile and having a different wall tile, but I would use some guidelines to do that. So if a customer wanted a porcelain tile that looked like white Carrera tile, which is very very popular, I would go with the white Carrera on the walls or on the floor, but the coordinating tile that goes in the other area would be like a medium, really soft gray that complements that white Carrera tile. And really kind of keep it, you know, really simplify things. You can add color and pizzazz to your bathroom through, through wall color and accessories and Wind towels. It doesn't have to be this, you know, all this, these many, many different things going on in a bathroom. And it's like the same for the, the sill on your curb that you walk into the shower. That should be the same material you use on your countertop. So mm-hmm. use the same material, use it in different patterns, formats, and add that, you know, personalize it with paint color and accessories. So, Greg, one of the things you talked about that just made me think about something we haven't touched on yet is the actual material itself, right? So we have tile is, there's all kinds of different types of tile. There's uh, ceramic tile and porcelain tile and natural stone. And glass. And glass tile. And, and there's probably tile that I don't even know about. What um, what drives your guidance with people about, like, I also know there's ceramic tile that's designed to look like Carrera marble, right? And, and think, but it's not, it's not marble, it's actually ceramic tile. And uh, just like there's uh, luxury vinyl plank that's designed to look like wood, but it's actually really, you know, vinyl. So help us understand, help the listeners understand um, how much the base material, like the, the, what it's actually made of, how much that means in the selections, or, or can we more or less ignore yes, that? Yes, you know, David, it is important to, um, educate the customer in the composition of the material and the application. Most of what we're selling nowadays and what's kind of the trend in the marketplace for tiles, porcelain tile. Porcelain tile can be used for the floors and for the walls. They have different size formats, so you could do a 12 by 24 on the walls, 18 by 18 on the floor, or even larger formats. We're finding most of the glazed ceramic tile, and I'll tell the difference in just a moment, most of we find the glazed ceramic tile is wall tile, where you don't need that durability. Um, as you do on the floor where you're walking on it, you may drop things on it. Uh, some of the most beautiful tile I have in the store is glazed um, wall tile. 
but for the most part, you want to stick to porcelain tile. The big difference between porcelain tile and ceramic tile, they're still glazed from the factory, but um, porcelain tile is fired at a higher temperature and compressed at much higher pressure. So that becomes much, much more durable. You can think of that as a porcelain toilet, you know, the, the mm-hmm. material that your toilet's made out of. Versus a ceramic tile, a glazed ceramic tile, you can really think of that as like a terracotta pot, you know, for gardening. Uh, there are different levels of, you know, glazed ceramic. Um, most of the glazed ceramic you put on the floor is that dollar fifty tile or a two dollar tile, where someone's looking to flip a house. Um, we don't sell a lot of that because there are a lot of porcelain tiles that kind of fall into that price category. But it's really um, that's really the big difference. But one of the advantages that you get out of porcelain tile that you don't get with ceramic, most of the porcelain tile that's coming through nowadays is rectified, which means that tile is cut to fit that's cut to size after it's manufactured. So a lot of these ceramic tiles, they're pressed tiles, they're made out of a mold. These porcelain tiles are made in really big slabs that come up to four feet by four feet, even bigger than those are cut to size, whether it's a 24-inch tile, then taking that tile and cutting it in half and making a 12 by 24 tile. But in the process of cutting that tile and making it rectified, each tile is exactly the same size. Mm-hmm. So the tolerances on that really, really dramatically decrease versus a pressed tile Well, you find nominal differences. So with a rectified tile, you can go down to grout joints, literally a sixteenth of an inch if you wanted to, based on the skill level of the installer. Right, so, so you that just get a much cleaner grout look out issues. of it. You do a cleaner look. You get less less grout joints with a larger format tile and smaller grout joints. Right. You know as right. well. Actually, since you brought up grout, I want to circle back to that because, um, uh, you know, one of one of the complaints that I often get about tile is that, you know, grout. Right. It stains. It's difficult to clean. Um, what what advances have been made in the last, you know some number of years that that would address some of those concerns people have yeah that's a that's probably one of the most common complaints i get in the store when customers come in looking to do a tile project over i hate the grout i have now but the grout nowadays it's not the same as it was you know 10 15 years ago they've really really um increase um or decrease the absorption rate mm-hmm. which means less staining in your tile mm-hmm. uh, grouts have come such a long way that a lot of these grouts that have such a low absorption rate you can't even take an over-the-counter grout sealer and apply that after um so that's that's really addressed a lot of the you know the staining issues and going back to the the rectified with much thinner grout joints mm-hmm. so you're really kind of you know addressing that on two different fronts good all right, that's cool. great. So, Greg, is there anything, we're probably just about at the end of where we should be time-wise, but is there any last kind of tidbits you want to share with our listeners about things they should be thinking about when uh, when tile shopping? Um, tile shopping, you know, it's one of those things, you know, my, my thoughts are that when customers go shopping for anything nowadays, I don't care if you're going to Subway to have a sandwich made or you're going to buy a pair of sneakers, customers are so intuitive to how they're being waited on, you want to find a place 
that that listens to your questions, that gives you good advice. You know, if you walk into a tile place and say, hey, I'm looking, you know, to do a backsplash and I'm looking for ideas, and if they say, well, the tile department's over there, let me know if you have any questions, you're in the wrong store. Mm -hmm. So picking out a product is, is, is really part of it. The other part is picking out tile, uh, you know, picking out picking out a store that's someone that has selection, that has... Uh, that's going to educate you, that has good design tips, and that really does everything they can to service their clients. So I would look at um, educating you know, yourself online if you're a customer. Find out some basic things about tile. The more information you have going into a store, you know, the, more, the more informed you are and um, you know, puts you a little bit ahead of the game. And you know, find a good store and help them, you know, have them pick up some, some tile for you. Terrific. That is very helpful, Greg. Yeah, and there's one more thing I'd like to touch on, too, as far as showers go, custom showers. This is probably the most critical part of a bath renovation. There's the old school method, and there's the new standard method for waterproofing a shower. Uh, the failure rate in you know, some of these older methods can be high if they're not done properly. If they're done properly, there's people that have been doing this years after years without failure rate, but you're looking at... Um, the older way, which would be, um, you know, taking cement board, covering all the walls, building your curb out of two by fours, covering that with cement board, doing what they call a mud bed in your shower, which is a sand and cement mixture, and kind of troweling that to pitch the drain, getting a plumber to do a specialty drain, then using some kind of waterproof membrane to to seal all of that. And that's where I think a lot of kind of do-it-yourself contractors fail with not waterproofing correctly. Um, but the failure rate, if it's not done correctly, can be significantly high. There are cost disadvantages to, to doing it that way with having to have a plumber come in and do a specialty drain um, and looking at doing what they call stick construction, building a two-by-four out of curb, your, your curb out of two-by-fours, which means now you're introducing expansion and contraction into kind of a wet area. Um, and that, so that method versus the new method, which is um, what we prefer is the Curtis Schluter system. So everything that you want to buy, you can buy it in a kit or you can buy separate components. There's a pre-pitched drain pan. There's a drain assembly. There's a pre-pitched, uh, there's a pre-made curb. And this is a closed cell styrene foam that's very, very durable that once this is installed is covered with a waterproof membrane. And that's the same for the walls. Instead of putting up, you know, um, hardybacker cement board, you can buy a waterproof panel board that's already made so when those all those components are installed then there's a membrane tape that seals all those the seams and that is 100 percent waterproof even with no tile so you're not relying on the tile and the grout to uh prevent you know water leaking and not only are you saving a lot of money you're removing a lot of that weight from your shower right. i've right. gone in and demoed mud beds that have failed and I'm pulling buckets and buckets of concrete out of a shower pan, you know, versus picking up a pre-pitched pan from Curdy Schluter, you can pick the pan up with one hand. So mm -hmm. there are tremendous advantages to that. But once again, if this, the previous way is done correctly, um, you shouldn't have any failure rate. I know contractors and companies that, that do this with success, but it really needs to be done correctly. Sure. 
So, Greg, as usual, uh, you are a wealth of knowledge, and we really appreciate it. I know our listeners do as well. So um, we, uh, we thank you for being, uh, being on with us, and we thank you for all your information. And we're going to bring you back and do it again. On, uh, oh, you're There's welcome. still some more topics for us to cover, but we do greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Okay. Thanks, Brenda and Dave. You're welcome. All right. You've been listening to Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And I am so much better than David Bryan. <laughs> nice. Even though I often can't get a word in edgewise, I am Brenda Bryan. <laughs> and we're all done. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review. 